Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar reminding us all, yep, including me, as we get back to living a little at a time, following all guidelines along the way. There's certainly many wonderful things to do right here in Mississippi. All you got to go do is go to visit Mississippi.org to find out more. That was a tongue twister. We're all talking things Birmingham today. Comes via a very talented lady who lives for entertaining, period. She's also very competitive. Stay with me. She was a finalist on the eighth season of the Food Network series, Food Network Star. She's had several appearances on the Oprah Winfrey Show. She's an American chef, blogger, and party planner, and you know I dig what she does. So let's get to it and get to know better and celebrate the wonderful career and life of this country girl in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, the wonderfully talented Marty Duncan. Hey, Marty. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. So before we got on, I need to let our listeners know just how Southern you are and special. you're having. <laughs> what are you having right now during this interview? Uh, well, I'm having a... My cup of coffee been sitting around, you know, all morning. Uh, it, I keep heating it up, keep heating it up. Hadn't gotten to it yet, so I thought, oh, I probably should just have a peach turnover with it. You but should. Yeah, homemade, homemade peach turnovers that I made yesterday. Had in the uh, fridge and just popped them in the oven for a second. And they're toasty warm. <laughs> <laughs> so well, so. Uh, it's peach season here in Alabama. And I live in Shelby County, right. um, yeah. which is close to Chilton County, which has the world's greatest peaches. So I'm making peach something just about every day. Where were you inspired for this love of not only cooking, but entertaining, period? Take me back to your wonder years. Okay. So I didn't know any grandmamas, granddaddies. Um, my mother grew up in a children's home in Troy, Alabama, the Alabama Baptist wow. Children's Home. Wow. My daddy grew up in... 17 different foster homes um, all over the state of New York and New Jersey. Neither one of them had any parents to speak of. I mean, you know that they knew. And, um, but my mother and her two uh, sisters that were closest in age to her were sent to the children's home when their mom died. And mm. the kids had to have a job back then during the Depression. So the kids right. had to have a job. Anyway, so my mother... Well, lived in a place where she learned to cook from some of the best cooks in the world, you know. And these fine country cooks taught her a lot. And then, so she cooked three meals a day. So we had a big family, so I always had to help. I was the only girl. And so 
I always had to help my mother cooking, but I think where I got my love of entertaining, and certainly I got most of what I know about cooking from my mother, but what I learned about entertaining came like my freshman year of high school, and I told this story on Food Network Star, and it was not a mean girl thing, and it wasn't bullying. It was just one of those things, but we had sororities in my high school. And when I started high school, I was a lot younger, 13, so I was a lot younger than most of the girls, and I was a heathen Indian, too. I played ball, I was outside all the time, I was, like you said, super competitive. I had a motorcycle, you know, I was a, a heathen. And anyway, so, um, some girls said, why don't you be in our sorority? Tomorrow morning, we're going to rush all the people to be in the sorority. So wear cute pajamas and we're going to come to your house in the morning. And um, so I didn't know what a sorority was, but my friends were in it, so I thought, okay, awesome, right? So sat there all morning, waited, and they never came. And so as the weeks went on and school went on, they would all have these big parties, spend the night parties and date night parties and all these things. And I t- so I came home one day, I told my mother, I said, my mom want to have a party. They're having all these parties. I want to have a party um, so I can have some friends come over and spend the night. And, you know, just because I'm not in this sorority, I don't want to get left out completely. And she goes, okay, you can have a party. You just got to clean up before and after and you got to cook all the food. But if you'll do that, you can have a party. So that was my first party where I cooked, and I decided for some crazy reason, because I'd heard my dad talk about them, because we didn't have any bakeries that I knew of. Right. I mean, I never got to go to one. My mother baked every day, so I didn't. we didn't go to any bakeries. But my daddy, being from New York, would talk about eclairs and yeah. say they oh, were the best food on the planet. Love so I'll get my mother's joy of cooking out, and the <laughs> <laughs> chocolate eclairs for my party. And the crazy thing is, my little brother, who, you know, my youngest brother. Was he the taste the tester? Stuff. Like he's the guy, the taste That's tester? That's right. Yeah. I, the other day, I couldn't even believe he remembered. He said, <laughs> I remember when you used to make those chocolate eclairs. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe you remember that. You're five years old, six years old, baby. So anyway, I just started cooking then and kind of just always have mostly for fun, for parties to be included, you know, to have a something to contribute and and it just was never a thing I thought would be my job but one day Microsoft called me and they said hey you want to be our entertaining it I said yeah Microsoft so how how does that go down how does that happen well uh because I was living in Seattle at the time I'd had a startup that ended you know just one of those things it's one of those cruel lessons of life you so close we've all had startups that ended just people sometimes don't admit to it but yeah there's no way you're getting this through this life unscathed and perfect you know in a perfect record well if you're an entrepreneur you're gonna have some failures (laughs) you're dang right um and uh that that's what you know i used to tell my nephew all the time bud you know they always say what doesn't kill you make you stronger it's always true you're going to learn far more from your failures than you ever will your successes because your successes come easy they go down easy the failures, you're going to choke on those for a while, right. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Um, Microsoft, Microsoft, sorry about that. Yeah. I was out in Seattle working on a project for a different start. After mine ended, another startup called me and asked me to come help them out. So, I took a position. I hadn't, I hadn't had a job, and I just worked for myself for so many years. So, this was my first job. Mm-hmm. Um, in a long, long time. So anyway, I packed it all up, went out to Seattle, and was absolutely miserable. Abs- I love my drive into work every day because it was stunningly beautiful. But boy, did I miss home! I was yeah. cold, I was damp, I was wet, and nobody understood a word I said. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I just decided 
I understand how immigrants feel sometimes when I go to other places because people look at me like, girl, what did you just say? They have no idea. Even in Chicago, when I lived in Chicago, people are like, huh? So anyway, uh, Microsoft uh, met a guy that, that did content developed for Microsoft. This was in 2006 or seven. And uh, back then, content really wasn't a word you heard every day, but I was already had been producing content in this startup. And so they had an interest in buying some of my content and having me work on content for them. And you know what I found out was that as much as people enjoyed the parties, the entertaining, the ideas, what people really wanted were the recipes because everything I would post, they're like, you have a recipe for that, you have a recipe for that. So I just started writing up my recipes and getting out my, my mom's, you know, few little recipes that I did have for trying to write those things up. And the next thing you know, I had a website and then people started calling me to do these food shows and I started writing and developing content for them in the food and entertaining world and then that evolved into more recipes and cooking and then I got invited to do this thing called the Metropolitan Cooking and Entertaining Show and they called me up out of the blue one day and they're like hey we have a lot of chefs we don't have anybody in the entertaining space would you like to be part of this show I'm like yeah so I went and um the very first person I really met was Guy Fieri Oh, I love him. I watch him every. He's, uh, like, he's like my Saturday mornings. He's like my everything. Yeah, when he's, he's on so the ranch funny. and all that, you know, he does the ranch thing. Yeah. I love watching the the chefs come in, and obviously, I love Triple D, man. I just love it. Yeah, everybody loves the Triple D, and he's changed a lot of lives with that Triple D. Yeah, I'm has. telling you another thing. He's doing right this minute, not to get too much far off track, but Guy started with um, the I think it's the National Restaurant Association. They started an employee relief fund during the pandemic because there were so many people out yeah, of work. Yeah. And basically, all you had to do was prove that you worked in the restaurant industry with Paycheck Stub or, you know, W-2 or whatever, fill out the form, and they were giving away $500 grants. And that man raised, last I heard, 22 maybe $23 million wow. that he was distributing. Oh, That's man. the power of Guy Fieri. So yeah. he's not only helping mom and pops get the word out about their businesses and you know, combating the big chains that way because these mom and pops don't have those kind of advertising budgets. No, the guy. Don't. A lot of people are like, I don't like guys. You know, I'm like, you don't know him because right. if you knew him and you knew what he did for people like me and other people in my position, and also you know for these mom and pop restaurant owners and now for the employees of restaurants that have been, you know, put on hiatus. I mean, he's the real deal. Yeah. and I mean. There's nobody better. Well, that's what you call a big old heart. We're going to go into a break real quick. We're with my girl, Marty Duncan, and she's on fire right now. I love it. I love it. It must be the peach cobbler, peach pie, (laughs) peach. And finally, finally, finally having some of her coffee. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Uh Go to visitmississippi.org, which Marty's going to do when we get off this phone, even though she's across state lines. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, To check out all the cool things we have to do right here, arts-wise, culinary, uh, just the list goes on and on. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. We'll be right back. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Check, check one. Where's all my body? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
wanting some of that peach pie right now that's going down. My my guest today is Marty Duncan. And uh, I'm just really intrigued by, first of all, your energy. Uh, and it's in, it's contagious. And usually I'm you on the other side of the interview. And I have to be calm on this side. And it's awful sometimes not to just, just go. So I really appreciate you joining me. Go to visit Mississippi.org, everybody. Check out all the cool things you can do just a short drive away. So many great things right here. Uh, and and trust me, they're right here. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm with a beautiful, beautiful chef, entertainer, etc. Marty Duncan. Marty, here's the one thing that I realized from segment one. There's no way you could have ever gone to your mom and said, that's not fair. <laughs> you had no way of saying that. Of all, you know, I mean, with the life that she lived, having to become a grown-up as a child, uh, that's Bye. amazing. You know, that is just my, the, the closest thing we have to that is my grandmother lost her folks when she was 10 and she was sent to Catholic Charities with her si- younger sister. And then the boys who are a little older had to go to work. Um, that is right. the closest thing. But but you were I was a generation, you know, there was a generation between you were af- uh, affected directly like my mom and dad. And that's. That's noble, and I, and how you've turned out, that's triple noble, and it just shows you, you know, how you can overcome uh, adversities, uh, all these tough things that get thrown in your way. People complain and gripe a lot about how, oh, it's not fair, it's so tough, but they can never ask, tell your mom that or your dad. There's no way. No. Yeah. No, and my dad may have had it worse because he never knew where he was going to be, you know, yeah, bounced around yeah. and... In the later years of my dad's life, and I would encourage everybody, whoever you're listening, wherever you are, whoever's listening, y'all get those stories down. In the last couple of years of my dad's life, I went and got this big notebook at the craft store, you know, spiral bound, kind of empty pages. And we went through all the pictures that we could find, and I made Xerox copies of them. All of his, that the very few that he had from when he was a kid, and he had gotten some when an older um, spinster aunt died. He was the one that got some of her pictures. So he did have some family pictures, even though he really didn't know the people very well. You have to keep in mind, my dad was a child of the Depression. Some people just couldn't afford to have the kids sometimes, you know. Right. Uh, I, and, uh, but anyway, so um, any time that my dad was in the hospital or any time that we, you know, be sitting around his house, we, I'd get that notebook out, and he'd tell me stories, and I'd write down things, and I'd leave a little space, so sometimes he'd remember something and want to come back and interject, and then I'd take those pictures, the Xerox copies, and write down on the back what he remembered about them, and put them in the, this little, take them in this book, and right before he passed away, he said, he said, Marty, listen, George Hanks' daughter wrote his book and got a copy, and I got a copy of it. When you get my book printed, I'm like, Daddy, I'm on it. I'm working on it. But he passed away before I could get it finished for him. But I'm I'm going to for the kids, all the all the grandkids, and Mm. I'm going to make sure that they all get a copy. But y'all do that for your parents. Yeah, write down their stories, and I'm going to tell you one other quick little thing about me is that I'm adopted. On top of all that, they tried and tried to have kids. My mother and daddy met at a dance at the YWCA, and they got married a little bit after that. My dad had come to Alabama from New York because Alabama, the University of Alabama, was the only place that would let him have a work study and pay as he went. Wow, yeah. You know, so he came to Alabama with $300 and a wool suit and a steamer trunk. (laughs) And um, But anyway, when my mother and daddy got married, they wanted to have kids because, you know, they they didn't grow up in a home like most people did. Yeah, so they wanted yeah. a family. 
family. But they tried and tried and tried and couldn't have kids. So they they put in for an adoption, and, you know, kind of, you know, how it goes sometimes. You have to wait, you have to wait, you have to wait. So one day they got a call, and they're like, hey, we have a kid for you, but, you know, some people have turned her down. She's not perfect, but she's welcome to come and see her. You might want her. So my dad looked at my mother and says, let's just go see her. And I didn't hear this story until maybe a few months Wait, you might want her. How old were you at the time? You must have already been a little oh, heathen. Oh, like six months oh, or something. Oh, six months? You didn't have time to be a heathen. What are they talking about? Well, I, 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 my dad said he thought it was because he wasn't 100% sure. He said when they got there, he looked at me and he said, I looked at your mom and I'm like, what's wrong with her? She says, I'm not sure. He goes, we're taking her. Just wrap it up. Let's go. We're going. You know, but um, I think it was, he said, I think it was because you had an underbite and they knew they were going to have to spend money to buy braces or whatever. Hmm. Um, so wow. um, I still have it, frankly, when I get a little tired, you know, how Michael Jordan, you know, does the lip thing. Well, sometimes I will have I, my my underbite is still there. You know, when I get tired, I notice it. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I've had the blessed life of anybody. You know, my parents were awesome. They, you know, were so tickled to get a kid. <laughs> they treated me and like I hung the moon and always made me feel I could do anything. Do you, do you so, think Marty, we're, ta- we're talking to Marty Duncan, incredible chef. Uh, she's cooking for us tonight. And uh, you didn't know that. Anyway, um, Marty. I will. Mar- I know you will. You're so sweet. Uh, wait a minute. Do, do you feel like because of their upbringing that they craved um, uh, the life that they wished they would have had and wanted to give yeah, it to you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So. That can work two and ways, you know? That can go both ways. And, uh, and Well, I got lucky. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah. God always looks down on, me, down on me, always has. I've always been the most blessed. I've felt that way forever, like I had a guardian angel or something, and I you know, I just feel lucky. I had my daddy until he was 90. Wow, that's and, wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I lost my mama too young, but I have, uh, she was 75, 73. Yeah, but, that's too um, young. Way too young. But I, um, but I had my daddy just, you know, for a long, long time. Got to cook for him and take care of him and um, make sure he had everything he needed, just like he always did for me. So that was a real blessing, too. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you can remind me. One is... During this time, these trying times for the entertainment industry, you know, I've had, I've had 20-something shows canceled. I just had something canceled in November. So it, we're just really uncertain. And, and I think about my band and everybody, you know what I mean, that everybody, right. there are so many people that, that I feel responsible for, and it's heavy on me. So with, with that said, um, how has it affected you? Because you, you can't put on a party, right? I mean, That's like... Right. Uh, and you're not getting paid to put on a virtual party, probably, unless you figured it out, which I, I bet you probably figured out something. Yet. But but seriously, sort of the impact on you, and you, you, this is something that you never see coming. None of us. No, um, I tell you right now, I haven't had any work this year because I had a gig for the first part of the year, first three months, that got pushed back a little bit because they had an employee that quit. So that gig, they they booked, you know three months and we were going to be doing something every day for three months and so it was with one of the local um utilities you know the, the uh, and so i've done a lot of work with them and we've done some cookbooks together and so we we're going to be doing some cooking on camera anyway it ended up not happening it got pushed back to start in march 1st well now you know what happened 
March 1st came and the world was starting to slow down. And then by the middle of the month, they're like, we have to put it all on hold. Right. So um, every party, every event, every food show, every everything that I have up until August 1st is basically canceled. Like your industry, the music industry, right. the entertaining industry, the event planners, wedding planners, people who put on big major events. All of us, you know, people talk about the restaurant industry, but the event industry is decimated because people still have to eat. May not be doing as well, but yeah, restaurants you know, have been able to figure something out. Golf managed. courses, uh, you're right, but the events themselves and you know, concerts, no. yeah, yeah. Even our Delta, we have a big, you know, we we were man talking about heavy. You know, we've got beneficiaries for for our foundation, and we have one yearly event called the Delta Soul. At one time, one weekend a year, long weekend. It's actually an extra long weekend. All right, we're going to go into a break, but you get to play DJ. Since you do cross Mississippi lines, and I appreciate hearing you say that, would you, you know we are the birthplace of American music? I know there's a lot of great. You got Muscle Shows there. I got a lot of fans. I got my Muscle Shows hat on right now, baby. Yeah, Come on. And David Briggs, my man, who was the original keyboard player, played on a thousand number one records. Is actually uh, was on my entire last record with Steve Azar and the Kingsmen. He's in the movie, uh, and obviously we both know Norbert. Uh, both have been on the show. Incredible, but. Would you like to hear R.L. Burnside or Tammy Wynette? You're the DJ. Oh, come on. I got to go with Tammy. I thought you were going to say Mac McAnally for a second. But, no, you know, oh, there is oh, a slash Mac McAnally. Whether, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whether he's from Mississippi or whether he's from Alabama. We claim him and y'all claim him. Yeah, we so. claim him in Belmont, but, oh, yeah, Belmont Mississippi. You can't take him away from Belmont. Come on. Are you kidding me? No way. <laughs> we're with Marty Duncan, chef, author, entertainer. You're in the Mississippi Minute. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the cool, cool things we have to do right here. And uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio as always. We'll be right back. Steve Azar here letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app to send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle dash sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zelle necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We're going over each segment with my girl, 
Marty Duncan, author. I want to talk about the book you just talked about, Alabama, uh, and your and your. I want to know how many books that you've published. Also, I want to know. You know, I had a record uh, that was in Oprah's top things to buy at Christmas in 2011 via one of my songs, Sunshine, and uh, via Cat Cora, our sister. And uh, who, oh, why? you know, and so anyway, long story short, um, Oprah. It was a really good thing because I'd moved back from you know our family from was the kids were all born in Nashville and and mostly raised and when I moved them back to the Delta to my home my wife's from Arkansas so she felt closer to home we uh, uh, you know that was a tough thing and I remember going what did I just do you know for my career my agents managers were all going like where are you going have you lost your mind and I said no I found my mind and found my heart and I'm going home. Uh, but with home, that, home yeah. is a beautiful place. But anyway, uh, all of a sudden I was sitting here. I'd gotten my studio ready, and and then I I was second guessing. And then I got a call from Oprah's people saying that that record was going to be in her top things about Christmas. And then I just quit questioning anything. All right, so let's talk about Oprah. How do you get to know Oprah? And I want to talk about the <laughs> food work next. You know, next food work star. What is that? Subscribe food next. What is it? Food Network Next, Star. Food Network yeah. Star. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and then I want to talk about some of your books. So let's let's start delving okay. in. Take me on a trip. Oprah was just a fluke, man. I lived in Chicago at that time. I was in the wedding industry, and any time uh, they did a wedding segment, they would call me. And uh, so I, I didn't fry or plan it. They came to me and said, "We're going to do a show about you know whatever it would be." And at first it was like, you know, hey, just give us some advice. But then I actually started doing segments. I probably did nine or ten different segments Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and quite a few later in the where I was actually on camera. In fact, one day uh, my phone rang and it was a friend of mine that I hadn't seen or talked to in a long time. And she said, oh, my God, I'm watching you on Oprah. You're on Oprah. (laughs) And then they were 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 just screaming. I'm like, oh, my God. So I got to, you know, turn the TV on and see myself because normally I would be at work wouldn't get to see it and uh so anyway yeah i mean it was mostly just wedding things um sometimes like one time we did a big event um on oprah with martha stewart when she launched the martha stewart weddings magazine so me martha wet you know oprah and her whole crew it was uh you know pretty unbelievable we had a but that was great run for me and you know it gives you great credibility to be able to say you've been on the oprah winfrey show yeah it does yeah especially in your business or any actually any business (laughs) so i mean yeah and i got a and i and because of that i ended up doing Doing a, a movie, two movies, uh, with Julia Roberts um, as the wedding sort of technical person. Come um, on, you become a wedding yeah. consultant for a movie. Yeah, it makes sense. It does. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was so the one weird thing about my life you don't know that we didn't talk about is that I played polo, not in the kind of Prince Charles way, but in the sort of I have a horse. Let me get a. Saddle and a stick and a ball and try to hit it around a little bit in that way. Not in the, but I have been lucky enough to travel all over the world to to do this thing. Uh, I don't know why, but we're I talking now. Well, you're you're going further deep to the the Richard Gere movie, right? <laughs> no, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. I did um, no, but because of polo. So one day I'm sitting in my office, my wedding studio in in Chicago phone rings and it's a guy named michael butler michael butler was the original producer of the uh, musical hair you remember that of course yeah okay so michael butler's family's big polo family and i had worked um with his daughter-in-law on events for tiffany and so he knew i had something to 
he only knew of me because of polo, but he knew I had something to do with the wedding business. So he calls me up, and he says, I'm sitting here with a friend of mine who's in Chicago, and he's an Academy Award-winning set decorator, and he has to put on this movie, and he doesn't know one thing about a wedding. Now, I need you to come on over here, and you, you're going to have to help him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I left my job. I went and met him at the Drake Hotel. We sat there, and we chatted. And it was a guy named Richard Silbert, who was an Academy Award-winning set decorator. Anyway, he said, will you work on the movie and help me out, make sure we do the things, you know, that so they look authentic. I'm like, yeah, for sure. So that's wow. what I did. And I worked with his set decorators and with his stylists and people to help them find locations and find vendors and just make sure it all looked. And I'd sit on the set, and he'd say, is that right? And I'm like, well, not exactly. So can you show her? So I'd get up, and I'd go show the person. I'd go sit back down and... <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. So then later on, I did another movie. Much later, I did another movie. Uh, this time with Julia's production, too. Yeah, they just called um, you back because you kicked tail. Is what you did. You tore it up. Well, uh, it's not that many people probably, you know, consider themselves a wedding expert. So anyway, but it was awesome. I had a great time doing The fact it. that you get that you were given points for, for getting married, I would think that people would want to get married. Do you get... Do you get more points and double points if you get married twice and triple up three times? I mean, where? Well, I mean, do you, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, does it pay? So you're going back to wedding, yeah, yeah wedding points. Just, no, but you could um, basically. It was where you registered your credit card. So anything you bought on that credit card with a vendor that happened to be part of our program, you would get points for it, whether you were using that for a wedding purchase or not. So let's say you needed to buy sofa and the place was in the program you could buy the sofa and get points and you could use those towards your wedding or you could just take the cash back down the road and merchants liked it because Brilliant. they had an opportunity yeah the merchants loved it because they could um, reap the benefits it's, you know like basically performance marketing yeah people loved the fact that they didn't have to pay up front for the advertising they could pay if something happened yeah that's so that br that's crazy. absolutely brilliant that that that's brilliant. I mean, you were the points guy before the points guy. <laughs> yes, and the dumb thing about it was, though, because I was not a technology person, but it was built on technology. But I didn't realize the importance of building my own technology. So I went out and bought it, meaning I leased it off of somebody. Okay, we're going to move on because I got to talk about your love of cooking and and your in your books. So let's 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 okay. talk book first, and then I want to know what it was like okay. to compete. Uh, on the Food Network, Food it's Network. such a you know high energy, uh, intense sort of deal. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I've written three cookbooks. Um, the first one was a fluke. I um, I was asked to host an event for the Birmingham Public Library. It's called the Eat, Read, Eat, Drink, Read, Write Festival. I'm like, well, why don't we have something everlasting that we could have that would raise money for the library ongoing, evergreen? I'm like, why don't we just do a cookbook with Birmingham restaurants? Because it's Eat, Drink. Why don't we do that? So they're like, yeah, great idea. So in three months, I run around town. I got a photographer, a great friend of mine, Arden Ward Upton, and then Mo Davis. And we went around Birmingham, shot all these. The, the chefs gave us the recipes. I perfected them for the home kitchen. And the next thing you know, we've got a book and raised about 40 grand for the library. Wow, that's and, great. Um, and so then I felt like I did it so fast. I didn't do everything I wanted to do. Like I wanted a history in there. Because Birmingham has a great food history, so I, I did another one, and I called it Magic City Cravings. And then that one has done extremely well and raised money for Children's Hospital, Children's of Alabama. 
And then my last book, the Wonderful. third one, um, is called Alabama Cravings because everybody's like, hey, come to my hometown. Do a cookbook for my hometown. Well, I obviously couldn't do everybody's hometown, so I did Alabama Cravings. So it's got a history. It's got my favorite part. You'll love this. I need to send you a copy. It's Famous Folks Crave, and there's a lot of musicians in there. And then they give me their favorite food craving, and so I've got great stories and things from people like Mac McAnally yeah. and uh, Randy Owen from Alabama Great and guy. David Hood, one of the Swampers, right. and, you know, one of our, you know, most famous um, musicians of all, you know, people, uh, Jimmy Buffett, his sister Lucy Buffett, um, she's, um, you know, they're both Alabama folks. And, we, you know, uh, we, you know we still claim You claim Buffett. him, too. I <laughs> yeah. know, I well, know, listen, I know. It's part of our deal. might have been born there. It's part of our might deal. Might have been Pascagoula. born there. Pascagoula, come on. Yeah. yeah, but grew up in Mobile and down on lower Alabama. But anyway, we had so many amazing. Chuck Lavelle from Sea Level, for example, who is the music director for the Rolling Stones, yeah. gave yeah, me a great quote. And yeah. uh, Taylor wow. Hicks and had a lot of folks give me their favorite food cravings and food memories. And uh, Max was one of the best. He said he remembered this thing called uh, butter roll dessert that his grandmama made and nobody got the recipe. And he said it exists only in my mind now. He said, but if I had to say current day craving, it'd be the hot dogs from Banyans up in Muscle Shoals up wow. that way. So Now we're talking anyway, hot dogs. Uh, what, what book is that? I'm sorry. Alabama craving. You know what? You now you got me craving a sneaky Pete's. We've talked about this. Also, so my <laughs> my mom's sister has lived there since she got married, and there he he's an ophthalmologist, just retired now. But there, his dad had Joe's Ranch House, the steak place there. Oh yeah. Yep. So oh, that yeah. was there, and then uh, and then of course you and I, how we really bonded was the word Jim Davenport's Pizza. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. The bus Are would stop kidding? there. I'm telling you, we would load up Sneaky Pete's. We would load. I mean, it would, talking about costing me, you know, you got eight, seven, eight guys on the bus, and my guys ate a lot. So it was like, okay, we're going to get 45 hot dogs, and we're going to get six pizzas, and, you know, it's like, you know. So, but anyway, that was right. such a, a big piece of my memory, too, as well, when I go to Birmingham, and I have to go there. That's what I'm talking about. We're with my girl, Marty Duncan. Incredible talent. Just great story. What a story. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the awesome things we can do right here. We'll be right back. JT and Rhino. These are great people. They're tough, they're smart, and they love our country. The JT Show. The greatest of all time. Weekdays 10 to 1. Let me hear it. Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Via Alabama. Out in the country. She got her doors locked so people just show up and uh, because they're trying to get her blueberries. Uh, we're with Marty Duncan in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. She's an Alabama girl, but she's got that southern beautiful heart. Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, parts unknown Tennessee, and, uh, you know, we can go on and on. So, Marty, 
Tell me about your experience with the Food Networks. Was it awesome? Well, here's the thing. When I met Guy Fieri, I met him in the parking lot of this hotel in Atlanta, and uh, I was there to do this big food event. And on the way over there, I had booked a really cheap hotel. And I looked at my assistant, and I said, Caroline, who are we going to meet in that cheap hotel that might help us? And she said, nobody. I said, you're right, because none of them are going to stay there. They're going to stay in the host hotel. Uh, I said, call over there. If they've got any rooms left, get two rooms and don't tell me what they cost and just put them on my credit card. We get to that hotel. I I go in, check in, give the credit card. Then pull up, and the valet says, it's $29 a day to valet park. I'm like, ooh, honey. And we had two cars. I'm like, "Uh, no, we'll be self-parking. He goes, well, I need your key. So I give him the key. I go inside, get the credit card, come back out. I might have been there 10 minutes, 5. Anyway, I'm standing there, and I'm standing out front of that hotel for one minute, and somebody taps me on the back and says, hey, can you tell me how to get to Buckhead? I turn around, and it was Guy Fieri. <laughs> I've been there one minute, God sent God to say. And then we talked for a minute, and he goes, now, your name is Marty, and you know parties. You just changed your name for that, right? And I'm like, no, 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 really, that's my name. And he said, why don't you do Food Network Star? I said, because, guy, I don't know how to cook like that. I'm not a professional. I don't know. I cook at home, you know, wander around the kitchen, wander around the pantry. And he said, I think you should do it. And so I would bump into him once or twice a year at different food things. He goes, did you do it? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I just don't think I could do it. And he goes, Marty, they're looking for people like you. Uh, you'll get you'll get it, though. He said, you'll you'll get it. Anyway, long and short story is I just one day decided to audition, and they were having auditions uh, popped up on my screen, on my computer. And so then I'm like, well, uh, you know, is this how this is going down, God? <laughs> you really want me to do this? So I said, okay, I'll see what it says. So I look at the thing, and it says auditions. The last one was going to be, well, there were two more. One was the very next day in Chicago. And then one after that was Hawaii. Well, I knew I wasn't going to Hawaii. So I'm like, God, you, I mean, it, and it was the next day. This was midnight, midnight. Yeah. yeah. And then, the, and you had to get there by two o'clock and they would see you. So I was like, this is how this is going down. Really? Okay. Midnight. I got my car. I drove to Chicago. Oh, come on. I got my car and drove. I've got driven oh, a million times. I used to live there. So I knew my way. And then I, have, and I wasn't worried. Got Smart. there. Smart. Went in. Threw my clothes in the room, you know, freshened up a second, brushed my teeth, went downstairs, got there in time. I didn't have any of the paperwork or anything. And I'm like, hey, listen, I, I, I will fill it out, but, I've, you know, I've just driven, you know, 11 hours to get here. And they're like, fine. So I walked in, and literally they I, they talked to me one minute, and they're like, come back tomorrow for a callback. I just looked yeah. at them. I'm like, there are callbacks? Is that? I know there's going to be a callback. It's going to cost I'm me like, an extra day's like, rent. Exactly. That's right. But it gets, so they're like, okay, so it's going to, uh, and you got to bring a dish with you. And I'm like, I'm staying in the hotel. <laughs> they're like, well, I guess you got your first challenge. So I had to call everybody I ever knew to find a place to cook. And uh, because I, and, and so I thought everybody I knew was either out of town or kitchen being remodeled, couldn't get them on the phone. Because it was so last minute, right? Right. So yeah. I thought, well, you know, when we did a food event, sometimes we cook in our hotel room. So I'm like, I'm just going to go down to the Target. I'm going to get a burner. I'm going to come back. I'm going to cook um, in my room. And I hope to God I don't burn the hotel down. And when I said burn, I guess it made me think of the fire department that was in my old neighborhood. I used to walk by it every day. And I look up and I can see it. 
right in front of me. And I'm like, uh, stop the I was in a taxi. I'm like, stop the car, stop the car. He goes, what's wrong? I'm like, you just let me out. And I ran up to the door of the firehouse. There was a guy out there. I'm like, I said, I said, sir, sir, can you help me? I am a damsel in distress from Alabama. I need a kitchen to cook in. Come goes, on. No come on way. You come on in here, girl. Come on. <laughs> he says, I tell you what, you can cook in my kitchen. But as long gotta, as you cook you for us. Make, that's what he said. He yeah. says, as long as you make lunch for us, you can come in here and use my kitchen. So they let me cook in their kitchen. That's ran to the store, cool. got everything I needed, came back, cooked in their kitchen, went and did the audition uh, with the food and everything, came back because he said, you got to come back and clean all this up. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I will. So I came back to clean up, and of course, it was spotless. And they're like, we wanted to make you a southern dinner. So they fried catfish. They yeah. made hush puppies and coleslaw. And then after we had that, they took me on a fire truck and drove me all around Chicago. My goodness. Basically, I knew when I walked out, I was getting on that show. I didn't have any doubt I was going to get yeah. on it. And a few weeks later, I got the call saying that I was going to be in the cast. And, um, Eighth and then, season, you know, right? From there. Eighth season. Hey, Marty, I can't thank you enough. Everybody go to MartyDuncan.com. Check out all the incredible, just the career and the life celebrated. And the heart that you have is just spectacular. You sense it in your voice and, 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 and also in what you've accomplished in your life and, and how you care. I love that. Uh, everybody go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the awesome things we have right, we can do right here. Just a short drive away this weekend. Great idea to do that. You've been in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio with a beautifully talented lady and Marty Duncan. I'm Steve Azar. Mississippi Minute is no longer. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.